Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is a show about everything mountain biking from trail guides to equipment, everything in between. I'm Colin Gray and I'm joined as always by Tom Bell. How you doing Tom? Hi Colin, yeah good thanks, how's things with you? Good thanks, yeah not bad at all. Get back into this, thought we'd catch up, I've not talked to you in a wee while about your racing escapades and stuff and uh, yeah. Uh, answer some listener questions as well we've had a few things in so it'd be good to cover some of that um the listener question for this week if you're uh, out there mr norbert corsus i think that's how you pronounce it uh, we're going to cover your question around uh jumping so jumping on a mountain bike so we're going to go through some jumping skills hopefully that'll be applicable to whoever you are out there listening uh just um Talk maybe about sort of how you get into jumping in the first place. It's one of those kind of slightly terrifying skills, isn't it? It's hard to learn because you can't kind of half jump. You've got to just go oh, for it. No, exactly. <laughs> so you we'll, do. Yeah. So we'll kind of go through how you, uh, maybe how you get into that and uh, and become a great jumper without killing yourself. Um, and I'd love to go, yeah, go through a few of your uh, races for the last week as well, Tom. You've been, uh, you've been doing a lot in the last uh, four or five weeks, haven't you? I have, yeah. It's been a. Uh, it's kind of the heart of the season, really. Is July. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's where the sort of most of the. Uh, it's, it's usually where everyone's national championship is um, for cross country, um, mm-hmm. and also marathon, which is a sort of longer distance version of that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, some of the some of the big World Cup races have been on in uh, in Canada and uh, and other such places. So it's uh, it's a pretty important month or, or time period is uh, June yeah, and July. Right yeah. in the middle of the year. Cool. So we'll get into that as well. So first thing I just wanted to go into before that was, so we are thinking about, well not thinking about, we are making this the end of the season. So we're recording two episodes right now, this episode 12 and 13 of season three. And if you've been following along, you know that on season three, we've been doing listener questions. So we've just been answering stuff that you guys have been sending in, which has been brilliant fun, actually. It's been good fun going through the questions, answering some commonly asked stuff. But we're looking to get back to another kind of more structured season, I think, aren't we, Tom? We are, yeah. Yeah, so I want to, like we did in season two, go into a topic, go really deep on a topic and actually try and answer a, a, a bunch of stuff around a particular topic. We're not sure what that's going to be yet. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this episode, we're going to do the next episode, and I'm going to put out a call on both for you guys, for you out there listening, if you're listening today, then I'd love to hear what you'd love us to cover on a future episode. What do you actually enjoy about this podcast? What do you what do you like us covering? What do you what you're not that interested in us covering? And most specifically, if we're going to do a season, season four it'll be. We'll start it. It's August right now, so we'll probably start it about middle of September or so, maybe by the end of September. What do you want us to cover on that season? We'll go really in depth on a particular topic in mountain biking. And it could be anything. It could be like last time around we did bike maintenance. So how do you, you know, maintain, upkeep, upgrade your bike? And we went into all the different parts of the bike. Maybe a season could be on, you know, where to go biking around the world. So maybe it's, uh, you know, covering all the countries individually or maybe it's mm. skills. Maybe we go into every skill that you can have and try and talk through all the skills in mountain biking. Or maybe it could even be something a bit more abstract. Like we were thinking, weren't we talking about the possibility of doing a season just around people in the mountain biking industry? 
So actually talking yeah, to yeah, bike mechanics and people who design saddles and that kind of stuff. So it could be something around uh, getting outside of just the two of us talking about things and actually talking to other people. So let me know what you think. What is it you want us to cover more of in mountain biking? Give us ideas for seasons and let us know what you like and don't like as well. Why do you listen to the show? What do you want us to do more of? What do you want us to do less of? Get in touch. You can get in touch in a few ways. Twitter is probably the easiest, quickest and easiest. Get on Twitter. You can see you can find me at the podcast host the podcast host and you can get in touch via email if you want to give us a bit more detailed feedback you can go on there get me at colin at mountainbikesapart.com or you can even just go over to the website mountainbikesapart.com and you'll get a contact form there so hopefully we'll get a few good ideas there tom get some uh, people getting in touch and uh, letting us know what they want more of on the show yeah absolutely it's been good. I have enjoyed doing the questions, but like we were saying before the show, just feeling a bit, I'd like to get into something a bit more deep, just uh, rather than mm. jumping between topics every single week, trying to get back into something that's, uh, you know, creating a bigger resource for the people out there listening. Exactly. So anyway, back to the content on this episode. Uh, first, let's get into what you've been up to, Tom, because it's been a wee while. So you said July is a busy time in racing. Uh, mm. what, what was, uh, I can't remember what, what, do you remember what the race was you were off to last time we spoke? Uh, it was a while back now. Yeah, it's, uh, they the sort of all tend to blur, blur into <laughs> one at times. So what, what did you go through in, in July then? What were the, uh, yeah. the highlights? Yeah, so July was uh, the national championships, both in sort of Olympic distance cross country and then marathon as well, which is essentially the long distance version of cross country. So cross country's XC, uh, marathon's XCM, um, both both very, uh, I'd say cross country is probably the slightly more popular, slightly more prestigious just because it's an Olympic, uh, Olympic sport, Olympic, yeah, yeah. Olympic discipline. But so, yeah, I had, um, I had a good preparation leading into, uh, into the cross country national championships and actually found myself right at the front of the race mm-hmm. with, um, with Olympian, uh, Graham Ferguson, sure. who went to Rio. Um, and yeah, I was right there in the hunt right until, a couple of minutes to go really and grant made his attack and the group that we were in just couldn't quite follow him um i ended up about 30 just over 30 seconds down so 30 seconds down on uh, winning the national championships was a bit of a surprise um <laughs> but i i I'd prepared well and yeah, yeah. everything was going good and um so so yeah that that was a one of one of the best races i've ever really ridden really um uh, so you know if if i can step that up in the next next few years and continue the trajectory then um you know going to the world championships and i don't know maybe uh pie in the sky dreams of maybe going to tokyo olympics is uh is there there or thereabouts um and then i knew you've got the the plan in place you're uh, improving every uh, every year so yeah, exactly. So it's just continuing that progression, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so from there, I, I kind of knew I had good form. Sorry, can and, I just um, ask there, Tom, You so a race like that, you're saying that was one of the best races you've ever had and you felt good, yeah. like, and you prepared well. Do you, Can you actually see when you start a race, do you have an idea of whether you are, you know, up or down on your average? Like, yeah. does that translate to results or do you sometimes feel like you're, you're feeling good, you've trained well and then you don't do as well as you think and then the other way around you're feeling rubbish but you do better? How, how does that translate? 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it can be a real lottery sometimes, <laughs> and um, quite a lot of racers joke that if you feel terrible in your warm up, then you're probably going to have a good race. Um, <laughs> sometimes it works like that, and uh, you know, two and two doesn't always equal four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you do all the preparation, you uh, hit all your marks, kind of thing, and uh, and then it just for some reason doesn't go doesn't go the way you want. Whether that's because you don't feel particularly great, or sometimes because it's a mechanical sport, often you can you know have a flat tire or some uh, you know problems with the chain and all those yeah, sorts yeah. of things that yeah. can just Unlucky. ruin what was otherwise a good preparation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think w- when I'm when I'm in the race, like, I can I, I can tell quite quickly whether keeping up with a certain pace is harder or easier than than perhaps it it sort of should be or or, or I expect it to be um mm-hmm. and then you just kind of you've just got to play it by ear sort of all the time and keep keep a very sort of close check on how you're feeling and uh, is this pace sustainable and all that sort of stuff yeah, um yeah. and that just comes with experience i would i would i would say Excellent. um yeah okay so yeah what came next yeah so like I said, I was I knew I had good form from there. Then the very sort of next weekend was the uh, national marathon championships, which were uh, held on the Isle of Man. So they were it started right from the uh, TT Stadium yeah, um, right. at about six thirty in the morning. Um, so uh, so that was cool. Um, did that race and end, ended up actually winning. So I've uh, I've got a nice uh, national <laughs> champions jersey now and. Uh, just getting the kit, just getting a bunch of kit made at the moment um, yeah. from my uh, sponsors, Verge Verge Clothing, to uh, to get all, all the sort of national champs kit printed up for uh, for next year. So I'll be uh, be doing some more marathon races uh, next year than I have this year, just to you know show off the jersey and um, almost you know try and take it around Europe a little bit. Yeah. Um, so how, how does that work? You've won, you win the national championship, so you have that title. Is that like a, an annual thing? Is that, how, how does it work in terms of using the jersey or whatever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's an annual thing. It'll mm-hmm. last until the national championships next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, just like in road or any other cycling discipline, you just get to wear the national champ stripes across um, across the chest. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so it's just in any marathon, any marathon discipline race, I can, uh, I can wear that. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's, so, it's something I've not not uh, not done before. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting experience. Indeed. So how? I mean, do you think that makes? Uh, do you watch? So when you're in races, do you actually notice the you know the current national champion go by, and does it make a difference in how you're racing? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think you get marked out a lot more, obviously, when you're when you're actually in the race, and then it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty recognizable jersey you know so it's uh it's nice to have everyone uh, you know be able to see that who the national champion is and i'll try and like i said try and take it around a bit and uh mm. do, do a good amount of racing to uh to kind of hope hopefully help raise the profile of the sport and yeah. uh and all that stuff so do you do you think that has changed how you're going about or has it given you more leverage with sponsors like you mentioned the fact that Verge are making you up some new clothes there have you, yeah. have you used that is it giving you more bargaining power yeah I think I think uh, I, I'm kind of getting to that point in the season now where it's time to start sort of assembling the sponsors for next year so um, it remains to be seen a little bit but it's definitely it's definitely going to help you know you just get you've got so much more visibility as a, as a national champion, um, both in this country and, and abroad. So, uh, I think that would give me, that'll give me a lot of leverage. Um, obviously, like I said, the aim is to win the cross country, 
Olympic national championships yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. next year. That's the sort of main sport that I focus on rather than the long distance one, yeah. which uh, this one was like, I think the finish time was five, five hours, 15 minutes. Yeah. It's the marathon. So it's a, uh, it's quite a long way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I usually train for the cross country, uh, you know, the hour and a half hour 40 sort yes. of racing. <laughs> and, um, like I said, that's the Olympic sport. That's the one that, uh, if you're national champion, you, you could potentially be going to the Olympics and world championships and Commonwealth games and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Commonwealth Games actually is going to be a very big goal of mine to try and get there mm-hmm. to uh, to represent England. So um, so so yeah, I think I think it will certainly help certainly help with uh, leveraging sort of my brand and, and all that stuff. Yeah, brilliant. Well, congratulations. Is that, yeah, the, thank is that you. the biggest race you've won? Do you think? Yeah, certainly it is. Yeah, to to win a national championship is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, um, and yeah, you don't, don't often don't often win that much now that you you know when you when you go to sort of the elite level and try and race internationally, it's it's quite rare to even sort of get on the podium. Never mind sort of win. Um, so uh, it's nice when a win comes around every now and again. Yeah, yeah. nice work. It's just a wee, a wee kind of reward for all the hard work you're putting in, I suppose, isn't it? And it's that you're talking about that trajectory. I suppose when you're planning that long term for things like the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games that could be, what, two, three, four years away or whatever. You, yeah. I suppose you need these little, you need a, a little boost, don't you? A little wind to say that you're on the way to that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. They're sort of, my, they're sort of smaller goals on the way to this yeah. to this big one. So, it, yeah, it does give you a, a nice sort of measure of progress, I, I yeah. suppose. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any other big races to cover there, or is that going to tie us up to a bit now? We'll uh, we'll talk about your future, the sort of the rest of the season on the next episode. But yeah, yeah sure. Anything else up to now? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's everything. That's everything up to that's now. Um, yeah. I was yeah, I was going to go to Belgium um, last weekend, but just decided not to with me um, uh, preparing for the for the races yeah. um, in the in the next part of the season. So. Uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's all my racing covered. Cool. All right, well, let's get to the question then. We had Norbert Corsis, if I'm pronouncing that right, asking us, when going off jumps on a mountain bike, do you just, well, <laughs> his question was, when going off jumps on a mountain bike, do you just roll off it? Um, so I'm translating that into a, how the heck do you learn how to jump? <laughs> yeah. Question. <laughs> so, um, because I'm assuming if he's asking someone like that, he's, um, he's very early stage, just learning how to jump. And I think this is, uh, yeah, this is something that, it's one of those it's a funny thing isn't it because jumping is something that makes biking very exciting it's something that comes along with biking naturally but see when you're i find when you're at a certain stage it's not really something you think about is it it's just yeah, it's just no. a way of getting down the hill it's not really a part of it as such it's good fun obviously but but anyway you have to get to that stage don't you so how do you remember when you first uh, started learning that do you remember do you remember your first uh, significant jump <laughs> um well i don't even know if i've ever done a significant jump um <laughs> well, in my life racer, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah well, the, the thing is the the courses now the cross-country courses now are getting a lot more technical and yeah, yeah. i expect in val de sol which is um where i'm going at the weekend is is going to have some some fairly significant jumps in there yeah, yeah, um yeah. obviously significant being uh relative to yeah. whatever skill level you're at but yes. um yeah when i was a kid i remember i remember a friend of mine um we used to make little sort of mountain bike videos um mm. sort of even up to sort of 30 40 minute videos and we had these you know little jumps in there that we'd uh we'd go off uh just just finding all sorts of stuff to make jumps out of yeah. um and yeah i mean 
it's difficult. Like you said, it's it's almost like you've just got to take a leap of faith at some point when you when you uh, get to a jump that's probably going to be too big to just sort of roll over. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a case of uh, stepping up very slowly and kind of learning the the action and the body position mm-hmm. on on something that's not going to send you into the air too much, and then just taking that leap of faith into a into a proper jump and just just going for it yeah. uh, in in a control in as controlled a manner as you possibly can. Yeah, I think for me there's a there's a good way to work up to it. I think in that uh, a bunny hop. So learning how to do a bunny hop without yeah. clips. So doing it with flat pedals is uh, is a great skill for a whole bunch of reasons. It's useful mm. on the trail at any point, like jumping over a, a wee rut or a branch or a root or whatever. So the bunny hop is like a, a total core skill, but it's it's very similar to the skill for jumping, I think, isn't it? Because, well, certainly with, with smaller jumps. So for me, when I'm thinking about it, I'm, there's two different types of jumps, isn't it? There's drops, really. And then there's uh, what I would call traditional jumps. So a drop yeah. is like, say, there's a, a step. It's literally like going off a step, which is mm. maybe a foot high or something. And there's no choice in getting air on that. <laughs> so that's kind of what I think Norbert's talking about here. He says, just roll off it. So he's talking about just rolling off it. If it's, uh, you know, if it's up to maybe a foot high, if you're coming up to a step and it's maybe a foot high, you could just roll off it. You can just yeah. look right back in your bike, like arse off the back of the saddle, um, let the wheel go down and just roll over it. And that's fine. Um and the more and more you kind of, um, you, you know, the, the more and more you get used to that, you just start going faster. And actually you find that if you just lean back a little bit or if you just sort of compress the bike a wee bit and um, and let it jump up with you, you actually jump off and land with both wheels flat, yeah. don't you? Off a droplet. Yeah. So they're, they're funny in that I think you just have to work up them, don't you? You just have to go off like one inch, one inch drop, two inch drop, three inch drop and try and keep your speed up, try and keep your front wheel up and land it flat. Um, yeah, exactly. I think mm-hmm. it's it, once you've got the technique down, you know, once you know the technique and you sort of um, can apply that to those those smaller drops, mm-hmm. then you can just um, it's then just a case of applying the same kind of technique and just tweaking it ever so slightly if the drops, you know, bigger or smaller. Yeah. And it's just it's just more a case of, um, like you said, Colin, as you work up to it slowly, your confidence will kind of yeah. will kind of rise with that as well and yeah. then you just um the, the size of the drop will just increase kind of yeah. as you get more confident as and as you're more as your skills develop but yeah. essentially that that core movement that sort of um that te- actual technique to to drop off is yeah. from from a one from a sort of one foot drop up to sort of three four is is very similar yeah. um yeah. how so can you describe it's just a it? case of is it would you just describe it the same yes. way i just did or is there a different way yeah, I think I think heading off those sort of drops where you're coming up to it, and it's just a case of um, getting you know getting the weight back, and like you said, you're going to have sort of no choice of get, getting airborne. It's just mm-hmm. more sort of unweighting the front wheel, so it's yeah. it's um, almost extending your arms out and just um, shifting your your sort of center of gravity just to the back of the bike to mm-hmm. to unweight the front wheel essentially, so mm-hmm. that as soon as you go off, it's not just dropping like a stone and you're. Uh, you're going over the bars um <laughs> yeah so yeah i think the core the core technique is almost like a manual so it's it's like uh on, on the flat land if you're trying to just pick the front wheel up by uh, unweighting it and shifting your weight to the back of the bike it's yeah. it's a very similar yeah similar maneuver yeah so yeah that, 
the other one though the which i was going to say so a drop you don't really get an option you've got to get some air so you have to learn how to do it pretty quick but yeah. you can practice it much more safely i think on uh, like a kind of hump or a tabletop type jump whereby you can actually just roll over them completely normally yeah. but yeah. if you apply a certain technique you can start to get some air on those types of things as well um, and that that's where that bunny hop skill comes in for me so you're going up a jump you're going up a, a what would i call it yeah call it let's call it a jump jumps and drops are the two different ones here so call a jump like it goes up uh, and there's a flat tabletop and it goes down on the other side so you're going up the the front side of the jump uh, and you start to again you like you say you start to unweight the front a little bit but actually the the way i've always had it described to me was that you go up and in a bunny hop, for example, you're compressing the front of the bike and then you're lifting the bars, but you're trying to rotate the bars at the same time. So you're kind of, you're lifting the front of the bars so that the bike goes up on an angle. So say the bike's up at 45 degrees, but you then push forward on the bars and rotate them a bit so that actually it kind of pulls the back up behind you almost. Like if you, if your bike's up at 45 degrees, you push the bars forward, then that kind of puts the bike in a, a curve. So the back yeah. comes up around the axis of the bars almost so that's your kind of bunny hop motion isn't it you compress the bike lift up the bars push it forward and that lifts the bike up in a big motion even though you don't have to you can't lift it up with your pedals because you're not on clips yeah and, yeah and i think for me that's the exact same motion that i go through when i'm going up a jump so i get near the top of the jump i start to compress it as you're going up the hill and then you lift the bars as you hit the top of the jump you turn it around around the axis of the bars and that gets you air that's what gets you there and it also is what turns the bike so that it's front wheel down rather than landing so you're still on your back wheel <laughs> yeah yeah because that's the that's the worst bit you land on the tabletop with your bike still at 45 degrees pointing upwards and you just bounce off the back or right off the front or something yeah yeah oh, that's interesting i haven't actually heard it described as, as sort of almost twisting the bars with your hands um that makes a lot of sense though um that's a, yeah. that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's more, it's like it's getting the timing right so that you're, you're picking the front wheel and following that sort of um, trajectory of, of the actual jump. And yeah. then it's almost, it's almost a lot of it's in your hips as well, I think. It's mm -hmm. just, it's almost sort of um, unweighting, unweighting the front wheel, but then almost bringing your hips forward towards the bars as well. And it's just okay. keeping in mind that sort of curve, like you said, that arc that you would imagine if you sort of stood by the trail side and watched someone go over it, sort of, um, you know, how you would expect someone to do it. And I think that's, that's the thing to bear in mind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, rotating the bars with the hands though is a, I think it's a good, good tip that actually. Yeah. I think it's, it, Maybe I, the first time I read that or the first time somebody told me that, I, I kind of overemphasized the twisting. So I started like holding the bars really tightly and actually try to twist the mm. grips themselves. But I think it's less about sort of putting power into that and more about just making sure you are holding the bars firmly and you're kind of almost twisting your body a bit as well, like pushing your sort of wrists over, uh, pushing the bars forward. So it's the, it's the pushing the bars forward motion as well, I find. It yeah. brings the back up a little bit too, especially when you're in the air. So yeah, it's it's certainly the way I think about it. But yeah, I feel I feel like that's a good way to get into jumping because it means you can go over these humps, you can start to build up your speed, and you can start to do that kind of action at the top of the jump, and that starts to get you some more air so that you're landing. And initially, you'll be landing flat on the top of these tabletops, and it'll be yeah. a bit of a jar. It'll be like you bounce down, and you it doesn't feel smooth. But it but as soon as you start getting that air, and as soon as you do start landing flat and landing safely even if it is a bit of a bump 
you can start to build up your speed, get more and more mm-hmm. confidence, and then suddenly you're starting to get enough speed so you're landing on the other side of these yeah. tabletops or these jumps. And and that's when you can start to get doubles as well, eh? Because the doubles are, uh, you don't want to land them short and land on the inside of no. the, the second half, <laughs> which I've done a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I hope that makes sense to uh, to Norbert anyway. Um if anyone out there, if you're listening and you have a better explanation of how the hell to jump, <laughs> then by all means send it in. It'd be great to hear it. Um, you can either email colin at mountainbikesapart.com or send us a recording. It'd be great if you have a, a video of you doing it and explain it. That'd be cool. We can uh, link off to that on the next episode. Um, on the, be the start of the next season by now. But yeah, send it in anyway. That'd be great to see. Uh, so yeah, hope that helped Norbert. I think that'll tie up for this episode then, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully uh, our uh, limited experience with jumps has uh, <laughs> helped Norbert to some extent. And uh, and uh, yeah. yeah well, I, can't, uh, I can't say I'm a, I'm a huge jumper, but um, I've uh, I've definitely read a, few, a fair bit into it, though. So that's the apparently that's the skill that will um, translate forward into huge jumps as well, supposedly. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, Tom. Um, we'll be back for the next episode uh, we're recording it in just a few minutes but we'll be back next uh, next fortnight so in two weeks time if you're listening to this just as this comes out and that'll be the last episode of the season again i'll repeat the call i'd love to hear what you think what you'd love us to cover on the next season we're going to finish up next episode for at least four weeks i would say take a, a month break and we'll be back with the following season after that so yeah let us know what topic you want to cover what do you want us to go in deep on and mountain biking what do you want it to want us to cover people you want to speak to uh what do you like what do you not like about the show you can either email colin at mountainbikesapart.com or you can tweet me at the podcast host i'd love to get your feedback otherwise thanks again for your time tom oh, no problem colin it's always good to uh answer a, answer a question and uh have a chat about anything mountain biking indeed, related indeed. thanks for spending time with us dear listener and we'll see you on the next episode